0: Hey everyone, welcome back to The Negotiation, and on today's show, we are really excited to talk with Rebecca Fannin. She is the founder and editor of Silicon Dragon Ventures, and author of several books on innovation in China, the most recent being Tech Titans of China. Rebecca has been covering tech, digital, and innovation in Asia with a focus on China as a journalist for almost 20 years now. She tells us about what it was like to interview Jack Ma back in the early days, and what the future holds for Alibaba now that he stepped down. We talk about what the common threads are with today's tech mega companies in both both China and the U.S., and we also discuss the impact the Made in China 2025 policy will have. We talk about what industries China's innovation may be ahead versus where the Western worlds are, and Rebecca touches on what she thinks some of the biggest mistakes being made are when foreign companies try to enter China. Rebecca, what does China or a Chinese company do that really impresses you and why?
1: I think I'm impressed by the Chinese companies that are going outside of China now and going global. I'm thinking of companies such as Pinduoduo, the social commerce uh, company. I'm thinking of TikTok, um, that is in the short video forms. I'm thinking of Xiaomi, the um, smartphone maker. I'm thinking of DJI, the drone company. Uh, So I think these are leading edge companies that are uh, poised to become more prominent globally, uh, not just China.
0: Brought to you by WPIC Marketing and Technologies. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on the negotiation today.
1: Oh no, I'm happy to be here.
0: Take us back a little, a little bit back to the early days of how you entered China. What initially brought you into China? How did you end up there?
1: Well, I was a journalist uh, in Silicon Valley, and I had also worked in Hong Kong. For various publications. I was was, uh, international news editor at Red Herring Magazine during the dot-com boom. And then during the dot-com bust, the money dried up in Silicon Valley and the Sand Hill Road players, they started looking over the other side of the ocean to China and also to India. And I followed them and followed the story uh, into China, into India, and wrote about a number of the entrepreneurs uh, and the venture capitalists who were funding them. So uh, it was uh, really um, very early, uh, talking about 2001, 2002. And back then, it was a lot easier to get in to see people like Jack Ma of Alibaba and Robin Lee of Baidu. Uh, and I interviewed them and many others in the, uh, in the startup scene and tech scene in China early on. And that's how, that's how my first book uh, developed, Silicon Dragon.
0: Right. And you've just released, What is this your third book now, Tech Titans of China?
1: Yes, it is. I didn't intend to do a series. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, (laughs) It's really strange that uh, I've ended up doing a series of Silicon Dragon. Mm -hmm. was about the first wave of the uh, internet entrepreneurs, the Mm -hmm. copycats mainly. Mm -hmm. Startup Asia took the story into India. And now Tech Titans of China talks about these tech titans that have evolved uh, and have become – sort of the equivalents of, you know, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, Google, uh, they have grown up to be giant companies. Uh, and Alibaba and Tencent rank among the 10 most valuable publicly traded companies today. Um, you know, they are big patent filers. Huawei is a big patent filer. These companies have grown up and, uh, and the venture capital alongside of them also grew up. Uh, so the whole China tech scene, uh, has been on the rise for the past decade um, and so I wrote about that.
0: Did you find that maybe a lot of these companies is there some commonalities between tech, these mega companies that are growing up in China versus the rest of the world?
1: Oh yeah, I mean they they have similar growing pains, they have similar challenges, they have similar opportunities uh, I think in China Uh, for foreign companies getting into China there are certain obstacles um, and for Chinese companies getting into the US today there are certain obstacles uh, that um, are uh, here and the China the US has gotten uh, definitely uh, more challenging uh, in the past two years Uh, so I think um, we're seeing some new uh, impact uh, from, from other uh, areas on the startup scene uh, in China uh, that wasn't there um, maybe five years ago, but has come into play in the last two years.
0: Hmm. You had mentioned having the opportunity to interview the likes of Jack Ma and Robin Lee. Um, I heard that you were the first foreign media correspondent um, to be able to interview Jack Ma. Can you tell us a little bit about how you found him to be and, and what he's like?
1: Oh, yeah. No, uh, I interviewed him in Hangzhou uh, at his office then, mm-hmm. which was much smaller than the <laughs> office they're in today, the headquarters they're in today. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, And Jack was, uh, you know, he's a charismatic guy, dynamic guy, and uh, he was pretty open during the interview, uh, which lasted quite some time. Uh, and uh, it, it lasted long enough that Jack had to get up and exercise a little bit and got his mm. golf club out of the uh, corner of the office and started practicing his golf swing. So <laughs> he's uh, <laughs> definitely a maverick. Um, and he yes. answers a lot of questions. Uh, so uh, he really, uh, I, don't, I didn't feel like he had any handler, uh, you mm. know, uh, watching over what mm. he was saying. He didn't. Uh, i was in I was with him interviewing him directly uh no one else was there and um uh, and the interview was quite lengthy I think, uh, it was very yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: I think a lot it of us was, are are quite blown away and surprised by how forthcoming he is and how affable
1: well well, not today i see it's difficult to uh mm. reach him today yes uh yeah, I mean, there 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 are a lot of people who are uh, around in Jack's circle today who that uh, you know want to uh, control the message.
0: Yes, yes, I, I think when I see him on stage at uh, you know the World Economic Forum or some things, I'm I'm always so impressed at at how um, how how open, how charismatic, as you said, he is, um, and how well he speaks. Oh, yeah. yeah yeah. and you know i I thought i read i watched an interview with you where where somebody asked a good question now that jack is moving on um and daniel jang is uh is taking over what do you think is going to happen with with alibaba are they going to change direction stay the course where what do you think
1: well jack has been the visionary behind the company uh he's the one who's come up with a lot of good ideas but on the other hand uh Daniel came up with the idea for the uh, 11.11 single mm-hmm. Day, which has been a huge hit uh, for Alibaba in the uh, e-commerce space. Mm-hmm. I think they will continue to um, innovate. Uh, they certainly have gotten into many new arenas, uh, logistics, mobile payments, cloud computing, uh, and um it's not the Alibaba that it was um, a decade ago that they've gotten into many new industries, uh, Alibaba uh, movies, even sell pictures. Uh, so I, I think, um, uh, you know, we may, we may see some impact uh, on the innovation cycle that uh, Alibaba because, uh, partly because of this whole China, U S and China global uh, issue that's going on um, and how that might impact um the company um going forward but i think they have done a good job of planning for the future and having a succession team in place and this has been long plotted out so it's not all that you know it's not abrupt at all so Mm. not a surprise yeah um it was well planned um and alibaba is definitely one of the most innovative companies around globally
0: Definitely. Uh, and they, and they, they've uh, expanded out, you know, I think Ant financial to me, I, you know, even asking my own self the question, you know, what is something that impresses you about China? I think Ant financial is something that I just, I'm blown away by, by the things that they can do over there. Speaking of impact, what do you think is, is the impact of the made in China 2025 policy?
1: Well, I think it, this is helping to push China forward uh as a superpower economically and technologically i think uh it is a top down government directed policy uh that uh the u.s doesn't have an equivalent to that or china canada i don't think has an equivalent to that uh so uh, i think um made in china 2020 uh can push china forward um there is some controversy around it um and um, uh, China developing its own technology leaders, its own technology giants, basically putting up barriers uh, or roadblocks for others to get in. So China is very ambitious. That's Uh, for sure. Yeah, and uh, China wants to be the world technology leader. Uh, Right now we've got these two superpowers of China and the U.S. And I think China is pushing very hard to uh, maintain its status and to get ahead.
0: Yes. I saw an interview where um, where you interviewed Kai-Fu Lee. Um, and I come sure. from, you know, the VC and accelerator uh, background with SOSV and, right. and China accelerator. So Kai-Fu Lee was always allotted as a, as a great pioneer that actually helped us do what we did in China because he went out and, and brought innovation works to the forefront and really kind of set the stage for us to be successful as well. And so all due respect to him. And when you asked him a similar question, he said that, he felt that it was pretty, pretty even, right? The race was pretty even just in different areas, in different areas. So where would you think that China is ahead and where would you think that maybe the U.S. is ahead?
1: Kai-Fu talked about artificial intelligence, which was he has uh, premises that it's pretty even, uh, except that China has been implementing it faster than the U.S., Mm. uh, whereas Mm -hmm. the U.S., has the R&D lead mm-hmm. um so there are two differences there in the AI in other areas such as 5G i think um again china is implementing it uh very fast um and uh, could be um, faster than the US. You're seeing areas like uh, mobile payments and uh, anything to do with mobile. China is definitely more advanced than the US is. Uh, We don't have anything like Alipay or WeChat Pay, really, that's so universally uh, accepted as a payment uh, mechanism in the U.S., Mm -hmm. like in China, where everybody uses Alipay or WeChat Pay, and cash has basically disappeared. So anything anything to do with mobile, I would give um, China the edge. For sure.
0: Yeah. We're talking to you from Silicon Valley right now. And do you ever find yourself looking at Western companies and starting to think, geez, you guys should really take out a page out of the book of the way Chinese do things? Is there something that the Western companies could be learning from the way Chinese companies are growing and evolving?
1: Well, I always said that the Chinese companies, uh, the entrepreneurs were very hungry. Mm. Uh, very, you know, very, very hungry, very Mm -hmm. determined, very passionate, uh, very, very hardworking. Uh, and so, uh, whether Silicon Valley can ever, you know, uh, want to work that hard as the Chinese entrepreneurs uh, do is, is, uh, it's probably a big question mark. Um, but uh, you know, I think, uh, certainly the motivation that China has, um, of the entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs that I've seen, um, and just their sheer um, gutsiness—very uh, gutsy—and uh, I think um, Silicon Valley is, uh, by comparison, a little more well, lackadaisical. Not really mm. lackadais— not that quite that strong, but uh, uh, more laid back. Yeah. But yeah, a little comfortable. Kind of laid yeah. back. Well,
0: they've been out in front uh, yeah, for a long time.
1: time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I, look, I do think Silicon Valley will continue to be a global leader in the tech in the tech world. It, it really is the crossroads of um, of technology uh, globally. Even though costs have gone up a lot here, and uh, there are certain strains of living here and uh, challenges of living here, um, and we've seen. Uh, uh, numerous Silicon Valley valleys uh, spring up um, and, you know, start to take some of the thunder away from Silicon Valley. But I still so. think it's a crossroads. Uh, people still look up to Silicon Valley. What, what is it about it that, you know, makes it so um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, magical? Um, why is it created all these companies? Well, um, so. we've
0: seen we've seen Apple investing heavily in China. We've seen obviously Elon Musk and Tesla investing heavily in China. Uh, we saw Uber go in and, and basically uh, play DD to a draw. Um, what do you think are the biggest mistakes that foreign brands are making when they go to China?
1: Well, if you look back at some of the examples, I think uh, it's putting the wrong managers in place Mm -hmm. uh, and not giving autonomy to the local staff to make decisions. Mm -hmm. Uh, So there have been cases where, you know, the uh, local manager has to report back to U.S. headquarters for everything, and then that slows down decision-making. And in China, the pace is so fast, that you you know you just got to be able to react right away. You can't just wait overnight or you know a week or two for a decision. Uh, you got you got to move on it. And you you need to know what the local market uh, tastes are, and be able to respond to that. And uh, so you you have to really have a very capable local manager on 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 the ground. Uh, give them autonomy, um, and um, make sure that they move fast.
0: What is your number one piece of advice? that you would want to give to brands that might want to make the jump and go and really go after the China market?
1: Well, first of all, consider whether you really want to go into China.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you really mean it? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Right. Do you really... Are there other markets that could deliver for you as Mm -hmm. well as China or perhaps better? Uh, Because Mm -hmm. the challenges of of China are, are... Uh, more pronounced than other markets. Uh, So you got to really want to go into China. You have to have a real strong strategic reason to go into China and uh, be willing to stick it out. You know, don't just go in and try it uh, for a year and then give up. Uh, you you got to have the uh, willpower. Okay. Um,
0: That's an excellent answer and, and genuinely delivered. So thank you, Rebecca. Please let our audience know the best way to get in touch with you, your company, where to buy your books, or perhaps even follow you on social media so that they can, you know, find more of your content.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, uh, for my book, Tech Titans of China, it's on Amazon and it's at all fine book retailers. Uh, The audio version is out. Uh, The Kindle version is out. The print version is out um it's done very well because of the US China uh, issues right now um and um look I, I think um uh listeners can find me at my website uh, com, and that gives all of our gives a lot of resources um uh, a lot of our videos our events our news Um, so it's a good resource. It's a great place Um, to stay up to
0: date on China from what I found.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Uh, on social media, we're on all the platforms, uh, at Silicon Dragon, on Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. Um, so we're, we're pretty easy to find and, um, uh, look, um, it's been really nice chatting with you and, uh, thanks for the opportunity.
0: Thank you, Rebecca. Much appreciated growing a company is hard doing it in a foreign market exponentially so the best piece of advice i can give you is not to do it alone when you start looking across the pond for further expansion possibilities and i sincerely hope that you do make sure you choose the right partners to do it with my good friends at wpic marketing and technologies have almost 20 years of experience helping brands just like yours enter china